You are about to experience Vegas bad boys of podcasting. Fortunately, you are about to hear lots of opinions, but uh, rarely any facts. Impersonations might occur, but uh, good luck trying to figure them out. This program is not intended for kids or the easily offended. Listener discretion is advised. You have been warned. You press play. It's too late to stop. Get ready to podcast. Welcome to another edition of Vegas Bad Boys of Podcasting. How you guys doing? DJ Impact here. I got a couple of the bad boys here. Let's see. I got uh, Matt Michaels. How you doing, Matt? How you doing? How you doing? And uh, Sin City Steve. I see you here. How you doing? Oh, good. Good. All right, man. Um, Man, it's good to see you guys. We wasn't here last week because, of course, we had the uh, Labor Day weekend and just took a little time off. And um, uh, Simon Street will be back with us, we think, next week. And then uh, our good old Matt Michaels will be on a business trip himself. So many things is happening in the month as um, everything's opening back up. So things that we couldn't do last year is finally beginning to um, to be planned out for this year. So you're giving me that look, Matt Michaels, like you're confused. Yeah, um, I, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about, but hey, man, all that much, go for it. You're good. <laughs> Uh, uh, no doubt, man. Um, we're going to get right into it though. And, um, we got a bunch of wrestling talk. Now, of course we wasn't able to get through all the excitement that took place during all out. And we're not going to break all the matches down. We just really want to highlight really the, 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 the two biggest parts of the night, you know, and that's the return of CM Punk and also how the, uh, the show ended with, uh, Brian uh, Brian Danielson and um, and that Adam Cole guy. So <laughs> let's get right into it. Um, Sin City, I'm going to probably say you rated the show overall an A. You can tell me if I'm wrong with that. But was you quite impressed just overall with uh, not only just the show, but just the return of how well CM Punk uh you know, went right into things and and let's just start from that point to CM Punk, your take. Uh so bottom line, yes, I did rate the show extremely highly. Mm-hmm. And uh I'm kicking myself. I had an opportunity to uh I had a few friends that went to the event that made the trip to Chicago. Okay. Um to be to be honest, I wish that I would have. Sure. Um just looking at how good the show was. Um, there were a couple of missteps, obviously, but uh, those definitely are being overshadowed by, uh, you know, CM Punk's in-ring return after seven years, mm-hmm. and then, uh, as you had mentioned, the uh, the appearances of Adam Cole, the subsequent heel turn, and the uh, the appearance by Brian Danielson. Yeah, so, yeah, it, it just pretty pretty surreal. Um, I, of course, you know, the rumors had been floating around it. Anymore, it's one of those things that, 
you know, if, if you hear that somebody's contract has expired with WWE, then you just are basically counting down the days until you see them show up on an AEW broadcast. <laughs> That's what it sounds like. For, for, for better or for worse. That's just the sure. way that it is. Um, but yeah, I, I thought that I thought CM Punk uh, actually looked pretty crisp in ring, um, given the fact that he was out for seven years. Right. Um, I, I much better than I thought. Um, it wasn't me, you know mm-hmm. off? It wasn't off the charts like crazy good, but it it worked. It it yeah. did what it needed to accomplish. I, I'm just curious. And anytime, uh, Matt, you want to jump in this man, it's an open discussion. Just jump right in. Um, let me ask you though, with so, I by the way, I enjoyed the show too. So I don't want to even come off and pretend like the show sucked or like, oh man, AEW did a horrible. No, it was it was it was pretty good. You you but, mean you mean like you normally do every <laughs> week when it. we talk about dynamite? Stop it. <laughs> I'm just saying. But I will say this. So, um, you asked CM Punk that was constantly i think when he made his return that night on uh rampage he, he had mentioned working with some of the younger guys and and you know the idea of, of putting these guys over but let me ask you do you think that night it looked more like and this i know this sounds weird but but it seemed in many ways like darby put over cm punk the only reason why i say that is because a lot of times during the match, I kept hearing the commentators reference how long it's been since CM Punk has been in the ring and just how good he's looking. And it was almost like they were trying to sell the idea that CM Punk never lost it. And Darby in many ways, because, of course, him being good and youthful and everything was, you know, showing that, yeah, of course, he could hang with CM Punk, did it really seem more like it was a match that made it seem like it was more of showing that CM Punk still have it versus CM Punk was putting over Darby? And I'm kind of wrong on that, or what do you think? So I think that it it can be spun in a couple of different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that, you know, yes, they did tout. Um, CM Punk and they did put him over um, because let's be real his foray into MMA was definitely not a bright spot for him right Um, right Mm -hmm. he you know it's one of those things where um, you take a guy who made a great impact and an everlasting impact in professional wrestling Mm -hmm. still holding the 25 year whatever the modern era record for consecutive days as WWE champion at 434 so, mm-hmm. yes, he accomplished a lot before he left pro wrestling. Um, but then um, it, it's not just wrestling fans. It's everybody. It's a what have you done for me lately kind of an attitude. Yeah. And what people see is they see Phil Brooks, a guy that's been away from the ring for seven years and has lost every MMA fight that he's competed in. Right. So. You know, to they, I I think that they had to, I don't want to say do damage control, but I think they had to, you know, build him back up a bit to people that maybe didn't have a chance to see him wrestle. Because again, keep in mind, he's been gone for seven years. There are those people that are watching AEW that didn't watch Punk wrestle live as it happened. Bullshit. Bullshit. The only people watching AEW are people who are fucking 25 to, uh, 
37 or 42 or 56. <laughs> Come on, dude. All those AEW marks out there fucking seen them wrestle. The new kids don't watch that shit. The new kids have better things to do in their lives. Like, I don't know, Pokemon Go. Is that still a thing? <laughs> Key phrase, is that still a thing? The fact that you had to throw that in there. <laughs> Um, uh, but yeah, I, so I, I think that of course Darby got, you know, Darby will forever go down in the record books as being CM Punk's first opponent in AEW. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, I, I thought that it didn't diminish anything whatsoever with Darby, uh, having him in the match and having him, you know, lose. Um, it was, it was a, let's be real. It was a pretty solid match on both, uh, you know, that yeah. showcased both guys, but um, realistically, if you thought that CM Punk was going to, or that Tony Khan was going to have CM Punk lose this match, then your delusion is extremely high. Right. Let's, let's face it, though. You said Tony Khan. Let's be real. If you think CM Punk was going well, to yes. let himself lose this match. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, that but too. yeah, I, 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 I was just drawing, I was just drawing a parallel to, you know, mentioning Connors the booker, but, um, realistically they're not going to bring someone back after seven years away and have them lose their very first match back. Um, so it's, it is what it is. Um, I thought that, you know, I had no real complaints with this match. Um, I did love the sit up spot for the coffin drop. I, that just has to be mentioned. Mm-hmm. Why someone else hasn't done that by now, I don't know. But it came off looking extremely well. So. Yeah. Well, we have that. And, of course, again, the towards the end of the pay-per-view, everyone was quite ready for, for Brian to show up. But not too many people was ready for Adam Cole. Uh how shocked were you when you for either for either one of you to see Adam Cole? Because we had heard that there were talks with him and Vince McMahon, and everyone, according to what they said, the meeting went well. Um, and so Adam Cole seemed like he was in a good position. Um, I don't know if the, if he was planning on moving up to the main uh, brands or he have moved- you heard. Yeah, go ahead, man. Have you heard about the the rumored uh, trajectory of Adam Cole's career? I didn't. Please tell me. As far as as far as the the story that got that got leaked out there. Tell now, me. whether yeah. or not there's any truth to this whatsoever okay. is you know remains to be seen. Sure. But I will say this: no one has come out to refute it. Okay. So um, he was actually going to be paired up. On the main roster, okay. Not as it, so. When I say Adam Cole to the main roster, DJ Impact, right? Where, where it hypothetically speaking, what would you place Adam Cole at doing? What would what would you have Adam Cole do on the main roster? Before I even throw this out there, what would you have him do? Oh man, I mean, I'm just I, just throw 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 something out there. Would he be at the top of the card? You know, the middle, um, would you have him, you know, getting out there early, fans fired up? Yeah, I, I, I would almost say all of that. I mean, he's okay. he, he's he's one of the main, you know, stars from NXT. And I know maybe there's not a lot of people who watch NXT who 
a, a lot of people who watch the 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 main brands probably don't necessarily watch NXT, not not to the same level. Mm-hmm. So he may not have known by being known by everyone, but to wrestling fans, he would have been known. I would have seen him by any yeah. any one of those levels coming in and being at the top. Would, would- would would you have had him maybe compete for the Universal or the WWE sure. Championship or oh, the, the U.S. title of the IC? Yeah, sure. Okay. All right. Well, none of those were even on the docket for Adam Cole. He was actually going to be paired up with Keith Lee. Now, here's the thing. Mm-hmm. Even if they were in a tag team, okay. But no, he was going to manage Keith Lee. Manage? Okay. I don't get that. But okay. He was not going to be a full-time in-ring competitor. He was going to be a manager. And and the, the direct comparison that was drawn was Leo Rush for Bobby Lashley. Oh, boy. Yeah, so Meltzer can go fuck himself. <laughs> because unless, unless that shit is literally coming from a credible source, you know, right, come on. Let's face it, you have to think a couple things. One, we don't know the contract terms. And let's let's be honest. Um, you, you've you've got to believe that for someone in Adam Cole's position, at this point, you take the money. So unless WWE was giving a stupid amount of money where he couldn't pass it up, he was going to go... I Honestly... I think that if that story has any bit of credibility, that shit was done on purpose because Vince, you know that when when he allows people, when he wants people like Nash and Hall and Bret Hart and all these guys back in the day, what did he do? He basically told them, go where the money is. And if he had no intention of signing Cole, but wanted to drive his price up, then you take meetings and basically you're basically telling Cole, we're not going to hire you. Here's something really fucking stupid for you to do. And this way you can go back to AEW and drive up your price. Right. So you think that if that is something that could have happened or you believe that's what happened? Okay. Interesting. It could have. It could have. Who knows what really happened? This is all speculation. Completely. You know, yeah. rumors yeah. and innuendo, if you will. I mean, you know, we can we can is. I mean, that would make that would make Vince a very nice guy. But see, Vince is a businessman, right? This is the thing that people don't give him enough credit for: is that he's a business guy. If he has something that has value that he's not going to use. Sure. He can play something off like that. Um, but who fucking knows? Uh, we can easily sit here and say, Hey, a source told me that, um, actually Adam Cole was going to, uh, come out as, uh, a, a, an adult grown hornswoggle. Um, <laughs> and they were going to explain that hornswoggle was a kid at that time, but now he's an adult man. <laughs> But that's what my sources told me, and I'm, you know, I have really reliable people. Let me, okay, so when we talk, when you talk about journal, journal, journalism, the idea of that is, is reporting 
the information you know, but not really taking a side of, of towards that story. That would be kind of a, a good definition of journalism, would you say? You know, you're just reporting yeah, objective, it, object, objective yeah. journalism. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So does does Meltzer somehow qualify as being uh, a, a a journalist in any some way for the wrestling community? Because we don't have like a lot of people we can go to for so called journalism. Would he be the one that we could say he is a a journalist? He's he's the most widely adopted name. Yes, without question. He is not a journalist by any means. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. Uh, and, 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 I mean, on, you know, on top of that, the question he's, he's he's put out he's put out a newsletter for for years. So I mean, you know, well, yeah, you know what though? So so do uh, fan clubs going back? Fuck! I was part of the Alf fan club, and Alf was not writing that letter. <laughs> So I mean, you can make shit up. Listen, if if your main source of your bullshit for years was Terry Taylor, come on, man. <laughs> oh man. Okay. Um, all right. So that's Adam Cole, um, and then of course we had uh, Brian Danielson show up. That was known and um, I guess pretty exciting uh, to see. Um, and I guess no shocks there. Um, I mean, you was pretty, I mean, that whole ending was, was just, I guess, great. Right, Steve? I, I, I was, yeah, I was extremely happy. And honestly, the Cole thing did, I don't, I don't want to say shock me that it happened right there, but it, the way that everything played out, I think that they, um, they played it as, as best as they possibly could, even with the, you know, the feeder line of, you know, people already being dead so that it ties in with the whole story from BTE where Adam Cole's character was savagely murdered. Right. So, yeah. By the way, if you happen, go ahead, man, Matt, no, no, finish up. No, I'm just going to say, if you happen to be online, uh, definitely jump on and let us hear your comments. Chris is always with us, man, and we appreciate you. Thank you, man, for hanging out with us all the time. He just put a comment on there and said, if you are listening to this podcast and under the age of 30, Michael's just really aged himself with the ALF reference. <laughs> I, I used to watch that show. It's just it's funny. So, it's yeah, it definitely is aging yourself, man. Um, but uh, go ahead, Matt. Uh, I'm going to let you go ahead, and we're going to jump right into uh, Dynamite and Rampage for this week now that we've got that through. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm just going to say a few names here. Sean Spears. Okay. Um, Chris Jericho. Mm-hmm. John Moxley. Mm-hmm. Cody Rhodes. Mm-hmm. Pac. Still going here. Brian Cage. I guess we could throw Brian Cage in there a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lance Archer. And Miro. I'll throw Ethan Page in there for for sake of this. And um, CM Punk. Okay. Sammy Guevara, MJF, um, Scorpio Sky, 
And uh, there's one other name here. Jimmy Havoc. Mm-hmm. Okay. So those four names, those are all people that Darby Allen lost to who were not necessarily on another, you know, on Impact or on WWE, mm-hmm. per se. All those other names, those are all people he lost to who were on a major company, right? Darby Allen is the guy you're building up. And the guys who tend to be beating him are all guys who came in from other companies. Hmm. That's to me, not a good sign. All right. I'm just saying, uh, you know, you, you can argue it out anyway, but let's follow that up with this. Um, this was, uh, on, uh, the uh, Jericho podcast back in uh, 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, it, uh, it goes like this for Mr. Uh, TK Khan. We're spending a ton of money on talent. We're building a great roster, a big and diverse roster of talent. How many black guys on the show, DJ? I, I know of one, maybe one and a half. There's a there's a vice game. Oh well, no, we have to talk. <laughs> hold on, there's wait wait with women. There's more women, so we gotta add. Okay, so probably about five, about five and a half. Yeah, it, it's definitely <laughs> under ten. <laughs> but it's a big and diverse roster of talent that they were building in 2019. Uh, I think what's important is that everybody brings something different, but additive. The key thing is that we're not going to sign up every single talented person out there. You can't. And it was one of the problems with WCW. It was that there were too many people under contract. A lot of them were super talented and super great. Mm -hmm. If you were going to cut down their contracts, you'd be making some really tough decisions because there were a lot of great people under contract in WCW. But just don't need that many people under contract for us we need to be discerning and make this a substantial business to me i want to learn from mistakes that people made in the past let's sign up every valuable talent we can that we have a plan for but let's not sign up too many people we can't push everybody we like Let's not be guilty of the same thing we mock other people for. Let's not live in a glass house. Let's really try and focus on the people we sign and make sure we're giving them a good chance. <clears throat> Sunny kiss. And just <laughs> sign people up for the sake of having them because when you get into that, that's when you really damage the business and also hurt those guys' ability to grow to fucking point oh. That's all I got to say about that shit right there. So Tony Khan's a lying fucking sack. There you go. That's oh, my boy. opinion. <sighs> you know, it'd be one thing if you're signing up guys like Punk and, and, and uh, Daniel Bryan. Um, great. You know, that gives I think what it came down to time. is that. So right now, at this point in the game, because AEW is really, I guess, showing themselves to to be legitimate number top number two 
company in this game. Don't, don't ever, don't ever insinuate anything like that because you'll have you'll have a contrarian voice that'll pipe up and, and say otherwise. <laughs> but I'm saying at this point, they're just they're a the only, hey, just, wait, They're the only other company with this kind of money to put into it. So yeah, they're a number two company because they have a television deal that allows them to bring in people and they have a bankroll that can bring in people. But that jackass said when he made this company that it was going to be something different. You all are watching WWE talent on a different show. That's it. You did it for WCW. They crashed and burned within three years after that. Well, you know, that comment was put up on our social media and a lot of people had a lot of responses to that. So, uh, Matt, I guess you're still going to hold on to that same uh, idea, but they, they came hard at you. But what I was just going to say, too, at the same time, you know, when you're when you're building a company and you don't have access to, I guess, the top people at that point, you're just trying to see who's available, maybe from that other company who may have a name that could kind of help get where you at. Because if you were to lay all this name, if you were to lay all those names out now, if Tony Khan was to do everything different, I would say the the bottom half, he would never even sign. But, you know, if FTR now is available, oh, okay, I'll take that. He probably wouldn't sign him today. But building the company, sure. Wait, you wait, know. wait. See now, but you're wrong on that. Because FTR... And Sean Spears, mm-hmm. those are guys that the fans were so upset about how they were being used in the WWE. These guys are not getting their shot. They're looking really good in AEW. Come on. <laughs> All right. Let's go. Sin City, man. Uh, I- I'll let you hit uh, Matt on the head with some um, some thoughts a little later. But Dynamite, Rampage. What was your take on uh, this past week's show? Um, so really quick, yeah. um, I just have to point out one thing. Sure, go ahead, um, man. Whatever, whatever the, um, the surprises or debuts or anything like that that occurred on the all-out pay-per-view, mm-hmm. whatever those things were, they worked. Um, the all-out pay-per-view drew over 200,000 pay-per-view buys, which is a new record for... AEW and is nearly double the previous um, high scoring pay-per-view, if you will. Uh, Revolution 2021 had 125,000 buys. So as of right now, uh, the traditional cable outlets, uh, they don't report fully um, for several weeks. So we won't have the full number, but for them to get double their pay-per-view purchases for this show definitely says something. So it's definitely generating money for the company. I, you know what? Good point on that. Let me mention this right quick, also, because I, I don't want to. Of course, we have we have three um, to uh, star entrants that we was you know that that made their appearance that night. But on the women's, we forgot. Not let me let me please put that in there. Uh, there was the Joker uh, card that came up, and Ruby Soho was who came uh, from that one. That one, I'm. Pretty good shock there. Um, what was your take when you saw? Did you have any ideas, Cincinnati, that, that Ruby was going to possibly even be the um, Joker? Did it come out that I missed does, the, uh, <laughs> the? Does <laughs> does a bear shit in the fucking woods? Oh impact? damn! So I mean, I'm gonna have so to start. Here's the thing, bro: is start, uh, they always they yeah. always have somebody that they're debuting 
in the casino battle royale I do know that. as the Joker's card. Right. Every time. So, I mean, you can just, you know, put the pieces together and they fit. Well, it just didn't seem yeah, like there, it didn't seem there like was the, other stuff. It there is, was other stuff out there too, DJ. Well, I was going to also say it didn't seem like the crowd was, you know, how like when they're anticipating CM Punk, they're doing CM Punk chants, or 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 Daniel, you get the yes, yes. It wasn't nothing like Ruby, Ruby. It was nothing. It was almost like a shock when she came out. Am I wrong on that? They were chanting. They were chanting Ruby Soho for the last oh. minute or so before the before the Joker that, card was announced. I guess that's what happens when you're not watching the digital version. All right. Uh, yeah, yeah. You you clearly weren't watching with audio. <laughs> Oops. All right. Uh, Evid- evidently, that, evidently, that feed that you got only had the vid- the video and no audio. <laughs> Steve, you you thought I was getting old and with the ALF reference? This man was reading the results in the newspaper the next day. <laughs> oh god. All right, whatever. Uh well shout out <laughs> shout out to Ruby. She made her uh her, her, her entrance as well. And it was great to see her uh also. All right, Definitely. man. Dynamite and Rampage. Uh what's the highlights that sh- that's worth mentioning? Sure. Yeah. So um, in the opener, we had Malachi Black uh, defeating Dustin Rhodes uh, in 10 minutes. It, it, it is what it is. Malachi Black is just defeating every single person in the Nightmare family. And obviously, it's all going to lead to the Arthur Ashe Stadium show, um, which as of right now, I believe uh, they said that it's going to have 18,000 tickets, that they have sold 18,000 tickets. So there will be more people at that show than what we're at All Out, which is very interesting. Um, But yeah, of course, Malachi Black will end up facing Cody Rhodes at Arthur Ashe. And you just know that Cody's got to get his win back, right? Yeah, I will tell you this, though. I... I I'm pretty impressed. I, I guess I um I hadn't w- w- that new entrance uh for him is pretty awesome. I gotta give props to that. Um, yeah, without a doubt, <laughs> I without love a that. doubt, man. And yeah, the the th- the thing that I think really stands out about it is there's no pyro. There's just simply turning on the light and turning it off. Right. Yeah. And yeah. And it 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 works completely. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, you know, I know that there are some people that love having the pyro and having all that kind of stuff. Obviously, um, you know, that kind of stuff wouldn't work for a character like Malachi Black. But, um, yeah, just doing lighting cues and the things that they're doing, I mean, spot on. Absolutely, absolutely perfect entrance for him. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, so uh, he he bloodied Dustin up with... uh, you know, some I, I think Dustin took a shot from the um, from the exposed turnbuckle and uh, didn't get the full kick, uh, the full brunt of the black mask kick. Um, but uh, yeah, they still showed Dustin bleeding from his mouth after the match. Um, I'll tell you, man, um, there's someone else that really should be segueing into an, a different role within the company as Dustin Rhodes. Um, I think that, you know, he's, he, he's a great hand without question and he can, he can still go in the ring, 
but I don't want there to be a, uh, a major fall off with him. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, he's, he's implemented new things into his repertoire and I really, you know, I just, one of these times, man, I'm just worried that he's going to do something that's just going to completely mess him up. Sure. So, yeah. But, um, yeah, nonetheless, um, it's all heading for Arthur Ashe where I think Cody's going to pick up the win. Yeah. Um, of from, from there we had, uh, the CM Punk, uh, promo in ring with, uh, he ended up getting into a, a bit of a verbal spat with Taz so we're going to be getting that CM Punk Ricky Starks match, uh, as well as that CM Punk uh, Will Hobbs match uh, that Punk has name dropped twice. Uh, so, yeah, sign me up for that. I think it'll be cool. Um, of course, yeah, it'll be, it will give. Of Punk course, it's going to be CM Punk wins. going over both of those yeah. guys. So, and and I was I was gonna gonna use that bullet before you even could, Michaels. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so realistically these guys are going to get you know a rub just by being in the ring with cm punk now obviously if he's going to beat these guys in 30 seconds or you know whatever it is then they're not going to look good it's not going to be beneficial for these guys but if they go 10 12 minutes with punk and you know he he picks up the win after you know, just a, a last second f- uh, flurry or, you know, comeback, that kind of thing, then fine. I'm okay with it. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't want to see him like basically job, um, you know, have Hobbs or Stark's job to him um, and have it be just a showcase match. So, w- so Punk's first championship is going to be the FTW belt. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. You know the FTW belt isn't recognized anywhere. It's just like the million-dollar belt in NXT. <laughs> Otherwise, yes, he would He would take that title. Um, <laughs> oh, man. Nonetheless. Um, speaking of Will Hobbs, he did have a very, very solid match with Dante Martin. Um, I thought that it was, uh, without a doubt, a clash of styles. Um, I couldn't, I can't say styles clash cause that's, you know, it might confuse people, <laughs> yeah, right. but nonetheless, um, I, I, I thought that both of those guys looked really, really solid in that match. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hobbs picking up the win, obviously because he's going to need momentum so that he can go in and lose to punk. Um, but that's, <laughs> that's pretty much where we are. Um, uh, elsewhere. Um, I mean, we had, uh, the Shivani elite promo and, uh, you know, I'm originally from the uh, the Cincinnati area, so anytime that any heels give shit to the city of Cincinnati, I'm all here for it, and I, <laughs> I I love it. Not to mention, fucking Carl Anderson is in the middle of the ring, who is also from Cincinnati, and he's just you know, he's just kind of giving this the same shit out. Um, obviously, you had Adam Cole come out um, and cut his promo. Uh, started off with uh, the story time and uh, basically uh, told Tony Schiavone that he better watch where he's stepping <laughs> when it comes to his girlfriend, Britt Baker. Right. So I think we're, we're going to end up seeing Schiavone taking a super kick sometime soon from Adam Cole, I think. Um, you know, a- after that, of course, you have uh, Brian Danielson come out and uh, he comes out to that new remix theme that he's got that's eerily familiar to WWE fans. Um, 
rumor has it again mm-hmm. that uh tk did try to get the final countdown by europe which was danielson's theme on the indies but of all things for me to say this about the final countdown was too expensive for tony khan <laughs> who would have fucking who would have fucking thought it yeah ah uh, but yeah nonetheless uh you've got you've got uh danielson getting in the ring essentially saying that he's going to be going right after uh our champion um mr omega if you will but uh i don't think that that's going to happen right away um i he he subsequently cut a promo on rampage where he kind of casts some doubt out there saying that if omega is going to duck him that he'll go after someone else so i think that that's actually the route that they're going to end up going Mm -hmm. um so we'll see. Uh, I, I genuinely hope that they don't just shotgun him to the very top of the show and book him for a world championship ma- match next week or something crazy. Um, because, yeah, AEW unfortunately has a uh, past history of doing that kind of shit, and it does not serve anyone well. Yeah. <sighs> as, I, as much as I would love to say that the main event of Dynamite was amazing, it was not we uh, we had John Moxley versus Minoru Suzuki in a match that I really wanted to see, as did a lot of people. However, <laughs> they only let the guys go nine minutes, and of that, there was a commercial break in the middle of the damn match. So realistically, <laughs> you had five minutes of Suzuki and Moxley. That's because Suzuki had to go use the restroom <laughs> because his old man bladder couldn't help him through the match. We need a TV Not- timeout. <laughs> Not only not only did that happen, but they also cut off the cut off uh, fucking Suzuki's theme song. So obviously, a lot of people were pissed off about the uh, you know the Kaze Nare not happening. Um, so that was the biggest complaint that I've that I've seen from an AEW audience after the show was that they did not let his entrance theme play so that everybody could sing Kaze Nare as Minoru Suzuki got into the ring. Uh, nonetheless, yeah, these guys you know, have nine minutes. It's always Moxley interesting. picks up the win. AEW fans, for whatever reason, love to sing. I feel like when I go fuck to that yeah, show, I'm going to have to go to an, into a karaoke event. What the fuck? I don't want to sit back and sing a bunch of songs. I, I, I didn't even... Uh, you know what? I, when I started seeing the whole Jericho song, I I, I liked the track. You know, bef- bef- You know, knowing before he came out to it. And then the when the fans started singing it, first two things happened. First, I started to to slowly start disliking the track. But then B, I started almost knowing word from word because hearing them sing it every week. And I don't want to yeah. sing the song. You know, I don't Bro, want it. Let, let, let me take this opportunity to tell you you're welcome. We started <laughs> that on the boat. On the cruise was the first time that the crowd okay. started singing the song. Okay. And then from there, there they, we go. Uh, they turned it into an act. Well, if you guys so, want to go to a karaoke show, definitely go to AW. You get to sing all the songs, okay? Moxley's song, you can sing his. All right. Now, uh, now I, ha- I have to ask. So, mm-hmm. obviously, dipping off, off topic for just a moment drew mcintyre has said that he's possibly going that they're talking about bringing back his old school broken dream song 
But if the fans don't sing along, then he'll be kind of upset about it. How do you feel about that, Mr. Impact, sir? Well, will you sing a will you sing a classic Drew McIntyre theme song, but not sing Judas by Fozzie? <laughs> I would not sing that song. Okay, I don't sing as even as a fan of WWE and all the songs that they have. I don't go around. I have voices in my head. They talk to me. You don't see that. But you see my head. We, you see my head moving, going, "Yeah, I like this song." But you're not gonna see me singing in karaoke mode, and you don't see fans there singing all that song either. If you would have cut off Randy's song, it would be quiet and dead. You cut off Jericho's, it's an entire audience, a choir who's singing the song, and it, 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 AKA fans that are possibly more invested. I don't think that's they the case. Have more of an attachment. <laughs> I don't think that's the case. For more of a attachment. For God's sake. Fucking Suzuki fans have more attachment. Oh, yeah. All eight of you who really fucking rocked up on this 90-year-old fucking Japanese wrestler who went in there and looked like absolute dog shit. Yeah, we didn't get to sing a song. Big deal. But I, 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 I would like to take this moment to say... The views expressed by Matt Michaels do not reflect anyone else on this panel because Minoru Suzuki, even if he is 84 years old, will fucking kill any one of us with the snap of his fingers. I believe so. I just, I don't want that. Yeah, I don't either. (laughs) Matt Michaels, there you go. But but on on the same token, Drew McIntyre had another theme because I don't even know what the fuck he's talking about because I don't remember shit from that. So uh, I don't know, man. The things we learn on this show, I tell you. You know what, though? Uh, honestly, though, DJ Impact's favorite song to sing along to was Austin's theme. All I know... All I know is that we need to get our producer to cut Impact singing the voices in my head out and use that as a drop for whenever you drop that podcast and just have that as the open to the show. Oh, uh, we don't have, need just to, have we, just have you need. singing it in the falsetto. That has to happen. Not even cut. I think we need. I think we need the producer needs to get uh, DJ Impact into the booth and record him singing the whole song. I like it. I like it. Listen, first off, I would have to I, I would have to print out the lyrics because I'm not going to memorize the song, okay? <laughs> like some no of these other fans who do that. Boy, I would just feel so out of place. And it's so funny because sometimes the cameras do show people who really don't know the song, but they're just moving their lips. I don't want to be that oh, guy. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to be that guy. Okay? So don't force me to have to pretend to sing the song to be a part of the group. Okay? <sighs> oh, well. Whatever. Oh, well. Oh, How about well. that? Anything on Rampage, man, so we could jump over into um, uh, I mean, fun stuff? It, so, honestly, it was, it was an extremely quick hour of TV, yeah. without question. Um, Andrade and Pac... Uh, they had a, a pretty solid match. They went over 17 minutes, um, and Andrade picks up the win after the distraction. And Chavo, uh, ooh Chavo, ooh, speaking Chavo. which, dude, I, I I did pop for Taz actually busting out the ooh Chavo yeah. just randomly <laughs> at the very end of everything. 
Um, so obviously after the match, um, Andrade was not happy that he won via distraction. So he beat, you know, he beat the shit out of Chavo. Uh, Lucha Bros gave him a double super kick, threw him into the ring. He took a, uh, a brutalizer, um, you know, cue all the refs to come out and attempt to take pack off of him, whatever. Um, and while, while Chavo's laying there in the brutalizer, um, Taz is plain as day. He just says, Oh, Chavo. And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> so nonetheless, awesome. Um, elsewhere, uh, Ruby Soho, uh, Chris Statlander and Riho, uh, picked up the win over Dr. Britt Baker, rebel and Jamie Hayter. Um, in a, uh, in a, an interesting six met six woman tag match. Um, I think that, I don't know if things were rushed, but literally the pinfall came at exactly 10 minutes. So something tells me that they had their time cut from something else. Um, but the thing that, uh, was the main event of the show was Brian Pillman Jr. Versus Max Caster. Uh, Brian Pillman Jr. picking up the win in his hometown of Cincinnati, Ohio, um, and came out rocking the flying Brian gear as well. So uh, the the gear with an homage to his dad, mm-hmm. um, which was it was really cool to see. And uh, yeah, at, after the match, you had uh, Anthony Bowens and Max Caster try to get uh, the heat back on uh, Flying Brian, mm-hmm. if you will. And uh, who comes out? but John Moxley. And uh, so Mox <laughs> comes out nonsensical pairing, I guess, but uh, two Cincinnati guys, I guess that that was, you know, that was the narrative behind it all. Um, and let's be real. You got to get Moxley on the show in some way, shape or form, um, you know, on, on rampage as well. Um, so there was that um, they, they celebrate um, as the show goes to black. So there's okay. that. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. Matt Michaels, I'm going to hey, oh, go ahead, man. This is really, really quick. Yeah. You know, early on, you, you mentioned about uh, Dustin bleeding and uh, AW again. A lot of blood, a lot of blood week after week. June 2019, during the post Fighter Fest <laughs> QA, Tony Khan was asked. The fans should expect cursing, thumbtacks, middle fingers, and blood on TNT. He had a very quick answer for that question. No, 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 no. Definitely not, because this was not TV. This was a streaming show. It was not a it was effectively a pay-per-view in a lot of the world. In the US, it was presented free, but this was a pay-per-view. And so you can expect different rules for pay-per-view. And we said going in that these were non-sanctioned hardcore matches. And I think that expectation going in, and we wouldn't have advertised that kind of violence, you know? We wouldn't have offered it on TNT 100%. No. Lying sack of shit. <laughs> You never know. Maybe TNT is asking for mm. some blood here and there. Obviously, they don't want the fucking pizza cutter shit. But who's to but say no, that they no, are? No, yeah, no, no. We Domino's will not put this on TNT ever because you can't <laughs> expect it like that. Then the pizza cutter shit. You're right. I, I forgot about that already. <laughs> oh, man. <sighs> well, Matt, uh, thank you for bringing, you know, bringing all your evidence to court. And showing that uh, TK is guilty on a lot of things that uh, you bring it back to him. So 
Uh, he'll have his moment oh, to oh, explain. You got it. Oh, go ahead. Oh, just 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 wait for next week when uh, when I have to bring in uh, exhibits A through Z <laughs> on why Vince McMahon is, uh, you know, doing what he's doing. Oh, so, okay. All right. I don't know. I don't. I, I don't know. I'm just talking out of my ass. <laughs> bring it. Bring it. Now bring- you're talking my language. <laughs> I know. Now I'm talking in a language you understand. <laughs> All right, man. Um, I'm gonna let you go, Matt Michaels. It too. Uh, Raw and SmackDown. If there's anything in Raw worth talking about, I'm gonna let you go ahead and start it off, man. But I got some words for SmackDown. So go ahead, man. Kick it off for us. You know, the, when it comes down to it, I think that um, Raw Raw's. You know what? It's not the. It's not their first show. Let's let's face it. Okay. And I think that if people would come to terms with that, I think life would be much easier. Again, it's three hours, but at the same time, it's three hours of rest, right? Yeah. So it could be worse, right? You know, it could be filling in time with, you know, more grisly episodes. For God's <laughs> sake, how does that fucking anything? Holy shit. The kids get a spin-off on top of that. Hey, let's take the kids to LA. But um <laughs> Jesus. Right. Um you know, I think that um, when you think of some of the the stuff that is is being well done, um, I think you got to look at um, Charlotte Flair being a heel. She's just so good, mm-hmm. and um, I think that elevates. You know, even even if you're like questioning if the Alexa Bliss thing makes sense or if that will work or whatever. You have to admit, Alexa's so over. Charlotte is so hated right now. It kind of works. Um, and there's so much talent that's being, you know, shifted around. Um, we're, we're now finally seeing what looks like Shayna Baszler and Nia uh, Jax finally breaking up, hopefully. <laughs> you know? Let me ask you this, uh, Matt. Do you think there's ever yeah. a chance that we will get to see kind of the – the real Shayna, and I'm not saying that I'm I'm upset with what she's done because you know she's she's played the role that she was given, but man, I will love to see the badass Shayna as in as NXT. Do you ever think we will get to see that, or it's it's just not for them to let her to do that? You know, the honest answer is depending exactly what they do with NXT. My feeling is take her back to NXT. Essentially, hmm. do what they did with Joe. Okay. You know, make make that reestablishment there. Okay. And I think because of the fact that she's in her like right around her early forties, it would be a good way to um, have her be one of the people to kind of season some of the younger girls. Yeah. Uh, women. I'm sorry, women. Um. So, I, I, I to me, that would be the easiest solve. Um, sure. Because. Now, the other thing happening is the draft. Draft's apparently, allegedly happening uh, in October. Yeah. So um, that's one way to do it is to get her far away from the Nia Jax story and shit like that. Sure. It would be wonderful. I mean, it, it would be great. But the the problem you, the problem you have with a dominant person nowadays is that that aspect of believability is only as um, valuable 
as long as you don't show the vulnerability of them not being a badass, right? Mm-hmm. So now what you would essentially have to do, that's why NXT, NXT would make sense, because here you basically would have to go and say, yeah, she was just going through a phase in her life where, you know, she was tagging and blah, blah, blah. You know, yeah. you already took away that invincibility. Um, ironically enough, one of the people who survived that type of thing was Oscar. You know, Asuka got that same treatment, essentially, mm-hmm. where you took an invincible champion, you brought her up, and Charlotte Flair whips her ass at two WrestleManias. You know, now you look at the way she climbed back, and she reinvented herself wonderfully to, uh, and hopefully knock on wood, I hope that she's... Um, getting some recouping. It looked like she had an injury legit for for her arm. So when she comes back, you know, there's, hey, that's another idea. Put put Shayna and Asuka together as a tag team. <laughs> That'd be fucking awesome. I'm down. Um, yeah. So, I mean, the, you know, that's the interesting thing. There's a lot of stuff that, you know, you're going to see that you're not going to appreciate because of what you saw in NXT. And now we're going to see how that ground is going to be changed. Um, But otherwise on raw, man, um, you know, the hardest thing about raw is that it happens at the beginning of the week. And I think that everything that comes after raw is more talkable, you know, talk worthy mm-hmm. than what happens at the beginning of the week um I, like who's who's bobby lashley supposed to be feuding with with uh orton like, is it orton now yeah because, because then you know you got the tag team belts in the mix and you know yeah. and stuff going on um the tag team um you know uh, whatever they called it uh tag team Gauntlet, yeah I mean, that, you know what? It wasn't bad, um, except for the fact that you saw kind of where the blueprint was going. But it was interesting enough that they did something they've never done, and that is have that first, what was about 40 minutes or so, and then stop it, and then bring it back up near the end for the last you know 30 minutes or so. Um that was interesting because it gave the guys kind of time to just kind of catch their breath, relax. And I think that second half was, you know, again, as, as good as it can get with what they're trying to convey. Um, MVP. I don't, I don't know. Do we really need to see him wrestle anymore? He's doing fine as a manager. So, um, and that brings this point. Why not have MVP bring Keith Lee into the Hurt business? If you're looking for a manager for him, right? Yeah, if that absolutely. Yeah, bring him into the Hurt business, and eventually, then Keith Lee and Bobby can have friction, and then you know um, MVP can screw Bobby Lashley because Keith Lee is you know his new thing. Um, so yeah, you know, um, there, there's. There's things, but Raw is obviously not the uh, the biggest focus because SmackDown is 
fucking kicking ass, man. Unbelievable. You know, Sin City said that he was upset that he, he was not able to go to All Out and, um, you know, see having the opportunity. And I'm going to tell you, watching Friday Night SmackDown, I was I had my moment of, fuck, I wanted to be there. I just wanted to be there because I wanted all that excitement. I wanted it all. I mean, the New York fans was just on point for everything. And and doing the proper cheer, cheers for uh, for for uh, heels and, and and faces, it was just it made it just exciting to want to be there, man. And just yeah. to think, it was only you know three matches in that entire night, but <laughs> still, it was just a show that was like this. This is just awesome. I, I yeah, I I I, I was just. I, I just I just enjoyed every minute of that, man. You got you got to think about um, this, which is very um, we we've become we've really become accustomed to kind of disliking um, that opening twenty minute promo segments, right? That's something that Bischoff created on WCW. Vince picked up on it, and it's been something that's been around for now twenty five years. And it really can suck. It really can suck. But boy, that first 25 minutes with <laughs> first the promo that Roman and the family there cut. Oh my God. Didn't have Brock come in to what could be one of the biggest pops ever at Madison Square Garden, which is saying a lot. Um, yeah. And and then the brilliance of entangling Paul Heyman into this yes. web of storyline. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, um, listen, and, it and, got to the point where the fans, like they got so involved that, that Fox literally just like, okay, you know what? Just cut the volume off for the 30, 30 seconds. I was almost thinking I was going to start missing some of the dialogue because I'm like, you know, stop it. You know, don't. Uh, that's the part I hate about them being on Fox. But, you know, but it was just that great because, you know, once uh, once Brock, uh, uh, you know, asked Paul, hey, why you didn't tell Roman I was there? The fans was like, uh, you done fucked up. <laughs> and it yep. was great. And then it was and then Fox messed it up with this 30 seconds of just silence. And I'm just like, oh, my God. But yeah, but, but the but the brilliance of it though is that even though they did it, yeah, the camera shot. There was one camera shot where you could clearly see a couple of the fans that are going, <laughs> right. And so it was like you know it was just even funnier because it's like yeah we're muting it but we're clearly showing that they're saying it, <laughs> right, right. One of the best uh, things, too, that I thought was was so good was the fact that it really seemed like Paul was going to take the F5. Right. It yeah. Really. Yep. It was like, yep. and, it, and, you know, Brock's just timed perfectly for that turn and for the spear. Um, and, um, boy, and, you know, Paul didn't take a huge bump, but Paul rarely takes bumps. And, yeah. It, it really just played so well in terms of if you want to talk about storytelling, that's great. Then we get an amazing moment 
of Sami Zayn oh. <laughs> pushing yeah. around the fucking crowd. Oh my god! And when when Trey started when he came out, you know, dude, that was brilliant. Like, that's, <laughs> you know, that's that's the that's the difference of knowing what to do with celebrities because as much as people want to give shit for it being you know sports entertainment and that mentality of hollywood and whatnot the times they bring in now celebrities it it isn't like it was when they were doing the raw general manager bullshit when they're just you know bringing bob barker because he's promoting this and -and so-and-so is promoting that now you're getting guys who seem to be invested in fans of wrestling or at least know enough to play that role right and i mean okay shaq's a big dude right if any other basketball players you know shaq is just a huge guy he fits into wrestling but i think trey just showed that oh shit Maybe there is opportunity for more, you know, basketball players getting involved now. And it's, you now start to see the direction and what they're seeing in the WWE. It's about finding this connection between popular athletes and your product. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that we're starting to see the puzzle pieces coming together on why it's expendable to let so, so many guys go. They're filling it with a different thing now. Um, hey, man, Pat McAfee is a great example, right? Who would have ever thought that a guy like that would have such a passion for wrestling yeah. that he yeah. could fit himself right into it? And boy, you know, as good as Curry Graves is, Pat McAfee coming back to, to commentary, wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, just a breath of fresh air. So Prob- probably the my favorite commentator in all of wwe bottom line i i would dare to say at this point he's probably the best color commentator at least in all of wrestling right now yeah yeah and 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 because he does it very simple you know it it he doesn't um i i just don't see vince mcmahon on the headset like pat you gotta say this pat you gotta say that pat you gotta say this right right i i just feel like pat mcafee is just like that thing's falling out of his ear. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Stream of consciousness. Yeah. Right. I mean, he, he, he mentioned like vodka and whiskey on the broadcast <laughs> this past week. I'm like, what the fuck? That clearly wasn't fed to him. Um, but yeah, I, I ultimately, I think the thing with McAfee is that he is a fan first and that comes across in not just his commentary, but in his delivery and his overall demeanor. So yeah. it's it, it nothing is being faked with him whatsoever, and that is why I think so I th- many people are, are taking to him. Yeah, yeah, I noticed that especially during the the match with Edge and Seth because there was that part he really started talking about uh, Edge's injury, and I'm like, you have to be like a fan to really to reference that and understand just you know the the importance of that time of when that happened. And to see what's happening now, you know, it's the way it was said was from an aspect you can you can tell from a fan, not from someone who, oh, let me read some info and just remember to say Edge was injured seven years ago. You could tell it was just true passion in the commentary there. Um, I agree with you. 
uh, when it comes to that. He's definitely uh, enjoyable. And I think I think Cole is now finally beginning to because it's totally different for Cole. Cole when it first started, Cole couldn't like figure it out, you know. Well, <laughs> but now all of a sudden. All yeah. of a sudden, Michael Cole is actually tolerable. As yes, an right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yep. Exactly. I never thought I'd ever say those words, man. Yeah. So it and it, it brings depth because of, like you said, like you just look at the Edge and Seth match. I think one of the things that we've fallen into is the trap of when matches are repeated one of the things we're very used to is having the same type of commentary associated with it. Right. And because McAfee wasn't on the call, now he was, it, it's a little something different. Yeah. And even if they ran that match again, Pat McAfee, like you said, his genuineness mm-hmm. then adds another level so that it's not the same points that are being driven home every single time when two guys you know, have their rematches. Yeah. Um, and boy, oh boy, I, Seth Rollins after edge yep. got put in the fucking ambulance. God, I love him. that. That Jeez. was, that was excellent. That was <laughs> so well done. It was, he, can, he plays sociopath unreal. <laughs> so good. So good. And and this is, I think, too, where you, when you look and you go, you know, ah, the WWE, they use the same top guys and blah, blah, blah. Well, my argument is if you have a guy like that and you have a span of, let's say, seven years where their career is going to be at their peak, then I say use them in the top three, four storylines for that time because mm-hmm. once they get past that time – then they're going to start breaking down and things are not going to be the same. Um, and, you know, and even Edge took 10 years off before, and now he looks like a whole different package. Sorry about that, Jade. I do apologize. <laughs> um, and then speaking of packages, Holy shit, Becky Lynch coming out in that coat and the sunglasses. Oh my god. Just... <laughs> That's great. I was like, that looked like a per that looked like a user, you know, somebody that is just <laughs> high as, you know, and just looking for some. You got something, man, I'll take whatever you got. You know, that's how she looked coming down with that red. I'm like, man. You you I, I'm sure she took that from Seth's uh wardrobe. <laughs> They they have to have probably the most insane closet at home. They full do. of shit. I, yes. But let's let's be honest. Uh, and and they're two grown people, and I'm sure they have amazing stuff as we've seen. But boy, I want to see that baby's wardrobe because <laughs> that kid is going to be like fucking dressed in some of the coolest <laughs> shit you'll ever see. Absolutely. Pretty much. Absolutely. You know? And that, um, and, and that it, promo was fire too, man. I mean. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, it especially especially in, we're in a day and age where what we continue to see um, is that revoke uh, the invoking of the rematch clause, which again I think was you know somewhere in the Monday Night Wars this whole shit started. Um, what the fuck? What's a rematch clause? Who cares about it? It's so stupid. 
yeah. it really is just a lazy man's way to put the same match on again. The idea of just having Becky just continue to taunt Bianca with this whole, nah. Yeah. That's simple. It's so fucking simple. It's just like, yeah. Nah. She, uh, what if I, what if I don't sign it? I mean, man, right. I mean, what if I just don't? <laughs> it's like, and it's, you know, <laughs> it's finally a wrestler realizing, yeah. Well, if I don't sign the contract, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. How can you? Be, and, and that's something that's never been cleared in wrestling, right? right. Yeah. Someone like they can announce matches right then and there, but at the same time, if the champ doesn't want to sign a contract, then they don't have to wrestle this person, even if they have a rematch clause. It's like, okay, now we're fucking starting to get smart with how stupid things are at times. Yeah. So it's like, all right, <laughs> sure. Yeah. Um, and overall, with uh, SmackDown, um, from what I understand, it was the um, highest uh, gate in the history of SmackDown. Um, it, it basically made the most money any SmackDown has done in, in their whole 20 some odd year existence. Wow. So, wow. Yeah. So, they could have took um, my money for sure. The, the only downside, and uh, if you listen to Three Count uh, later on uh, tomorrow, if you're listening to it on the uh, audio, um, is the fact that Selena Fega, who had a father who did die on September 11th, um, she was ready. They had a match planned out, and because of time, she got cut. But on top of that, Kevin Owens also did get cut. He was supposed to have a segment, too. So overall, yeah. It's a bad look, but at the same time, was there anything on that show that you could really point to and go, this is what could have been removed? And that's hard to say. All you could probably say is maybe cutting minutes in that uh, in the, the eight-man tag um, would probably be my guess. But um, when you're producing great shit, it's really hard then to you know start having to make cuts when if if the machine is rolling and going if if you make a wrong move then by stopping it and putting you know something that you had planned in and then that causes some kind of you know kind of decline of the um the momentum yeah you know i i just i think as hard as it it is to you know you you feel heart-wise the right way and knowing that she didn't get the shot to do it on that day but at the same time you go it can be understandable why if you really watched that show um they honestly the one thing about fox that is a downfall on that end is they can't do an overflow right so you know I mean, realistically, if they, if they had 15 more minutes, they could have gone over, then you probably could have gotten that in. So, um, yeah, man, it's damn. It's, uh, out of all this stuff, we we do have to, the one point we have to make, and, and we could argue all you want, that this is something that is, is good. You, you want arguments, you want opinions. Mm-hmm. But the one factor is that overall, Every person who loves wrestling is now, for fuck's sake, 
there is a fucking scripted series on stars about wrestling. You had Glow on fucking Netflix for three seasons. You have The Young Rock. You have other shit that is in the pipe. This is unreal. Yeah. This is bigger than it's ever been in the sense that everyone's finally realized how to take everything and make it work in the monetization and Dave Batista, The Rock, and Cena are three of the biggest fucking stars in Hollywood. Who would ever have seen that? <laughs> That's true. It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, thank you much for that, Matt Michaels. We don't have Simon Street here for our NXT, so we'll just kind of just uh, just mention some of the highlights on that. Um, the only thing I would tell you guys from that was, of course, the tag team titles, um, MSK. Uh, went against uh, Oni Lorkin and Danny Birch, and I, you know what, I, I, I won't lie, I, I, after hearing that there was a possibility, and by the way, I, I feel that this NXT and last week's NXT, they're really just was trying to get to what we're about to experience this Wednesday. You could tell the way it was written. Yep. Okay, yep. but nevertheless, I, after hearing Vince, you know, the rumors of Vince still end up going to make some cuts in NXT and possibly bigger names you know no msk don't have a big name but i was wondering if they were going to possibly be in that 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 list and i was like if they lose these titles i really thought that that was going to be a wrap and i i don't want to see that because i'm fans of these guys you know i followed them in and of course in impact and i was happy to see what they were doing here in nxt and uh and they won they retained and they put on an awesome match so it was hopefully that means they're going to be around for for a minute but it was an excellent match and we'll you know that's my take on that um but of course sin city what happened after that was pretty shocking you think oh yeah man it the the thing is i Ultimately, I said that they were posturing Ridge Holland to be somebody to compete for the NXT championship. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, that was before the uh, everything came out about how the roster was going to be changing, how the product was going to be overhauled, all that kind of thing. Yeah. So I, I think that putting Ridge Holland into a tag team with Pete Dunne, uh, I think that that actually will benefit both guys for sure. Mm -hmm. And um, Steve, that, that Steve, what's up? let me ask you on, on the, along those lines, which yeah. I think that if the if the long play is this is what I think it's about to be, Pete Dunn will win the title, and then Ridge is going to turn face, and there's there's how you yeah bingo yep yeah. yep you and I are on the exact same page. So, um, I, I see this, uh, you know, the, them essentially having, uh, Lorcan and Birch to, you know, kind of catapult them. They are a proven, a proven tag team, mm -hmm. uh, a former NXT tag team championship duo. Yeah. So I think that when you have Dunn and Holland demolish them, um, I think that it's going to make a statement and then, it, you know, Pete Dunn has been, has made his uh, his target clear that he wants that NXT championship. So, Michaels, you are right spot on. I could see Dunn walking away with the championship. Um, I, I, I'm curious as to how they're going to do this. If they're going to put, you know, uh, do it via tournament style, or you know, what what's going to happen. Um, well, let's let's um, let's really quick. This uh, just broke today. 
So uh, let's give a little lesson here. Hello, I'm NXT champion Samoa Joe. Upon my recent return, my goals were very simple. I sought to ensure the respect and integrity due to both NXT and its championship. I sought to ensure that everybody understood that the needs of one individual will never outstrip the sum of the brand. Today, I find myself having to stand on those principles. Recently, WWE Medicals informed me that due to certain injuries, they would like to have me step away from the ring for a brief, yet still indeterminate amount of time. I realize that this week we are on the cusp of a new NXT. We are on the brink of a new era in our history. And I realize that that era deserves a fighting champion. And that's why it makes this very difficult decision very easy to make. Effective immediately, I relinquish the NXT championship. Best of luck to those who will vie for it. My sincerest condolences to whoever wins, as I will be along shortly to recollect what's mine. Wow. I was, um, and that broke today, which we record this on Sunday, although you may be listening to this on Monday or another day. But um, I was shocked to hear this. And I tell you, it's... um, it's just tough because I'm I've always been a Samoa Joe fan for a, just a long time, man. I've just always enjoyed his work, and quite frankly, um, I, I, I'm not going to even lie. You know, this is probably the one that uh, Matt Michaels you would just slap me on the top of the head and be like, "Get out!" You know, get out of here. But I really wished, you know, at some point that you know maybe he could have been the one to you know get. Uh, put on to SmackDown and, and be the one that would eventually take Roman down as, you know, as being that other Samoan guy because he won't let, allow him to be at the table. You know, I've thought of things like that, like that would just be awesome. I would just love to see that type of thing happen. But I know where kind of Samoan Joe kind of fit on that. Um, yeah. On that list with everything. And so uh, I wish him the best of luck. I know he's going to be good. He's going to come back. He's an always tougher in it than ever, but this was just really tough because he's just been having he, he you know he has good luck and it seemed like he gets bad luck and then he's back for good luck and it's like bad bad luck and just things keep going back and forth with and I just want everything to be good for him because he's so great at what he does and and um, you know Samoa we we can't wait for you to to definitely uh, come back and get what's definitely yours. One of one of my favorite things and if you watch this on the video or if you've seen the video one of my favorite things about it is that it looks like he uh, cut the video in his uh, bedroom where he grew up because it looks like there's like space type of curtain. <laughs> yep. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like, but, but that goes to show like, man, if you can just throw a belt, the belt over your shoulder, sit in front of a camera and just deliver it to camera in that type of tone and that type of cadence, it doesn't matter what the fuck was behind you because it was, it was brilliant. Yeah. So, um, but this also leads me to something that I found very interesting when 
everyone kind of jumped on this NXT thing with that new logo as, oh, geez, and then, oh, Vince and Bruce are going to be running in, blah, blah, blah. But if you saw the promo this um, episode, there were the flashes within the logo of, like, the action. And I think simply all we're seeing are Miami colors, right? Style, feel of the city of Miami. I got a feeling that this isn't going to nearly be as horrible as everyone thinks it's going to be. In fact, this actually might be that step up. The whole idea was, hey, you guys couldn't hang with AEW. You guys move nights, etc., etc., right? Could this be the response now? And tying into what you were saying, Steve, with Pete Dunn, and how will they do it? Will there be a tournament? Well, now that we know the belt is vacated, now they have some real meat to start the fucking new company with, right? So this might be even more intense um, than we you know, are expecting it to be. The wrestling might be even better. Um, however, I hope one thing they don't lose is cranking out the unbelievably wonderful funny segments like we saw with the fucking <laughs> bachelorette and bachelor party yes yes oh so, sign me up for half an hour sitcom man <laughs> I, I i could watch i could watch you know just lewis and gargano as the odd couple living in a house with <laughs> with Indy and Candace, the two married couples, and Candace is, is having a baby during all this too. Like there's so much there. Yeah. But damn that was oh, uh, you know, like when Johnny's like, who's paying for this whole thing? And Grimes all of a sudden yep. just This bachelor party is going to the moon. It was just like, oh my God. And then obviously you have you have Loomis basically killing all of the opposing players in the laser tag match. <laughs> and then the final bringing the hands together. <laughs> like, oh my god. I mean, even down to Candace and Indy inspired with the binoculars. <laughs> and then Johnny saying something he's like, were you spying again? <laughs> Again, <laughs> again, keyword. Yeah, <laughs> and 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 of 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 course, Loomis knows his way around an axe. So you know you've got Gargano who can't throw an axe to, and have it land on the board. Yet you have Loomis just walk over and adjust his arm, and magically he's got this perfect <laughs> this perfect form. Uh, and, and also, and also in that weird like um, that kind of like that creepy sexual, you know, how like, yeah, I, like yeah, teaching I a girl how to, yeah. Like teaching a girl how to swing a golf club. Right. You know, he's kind of behind him. He just right. kind of gently. Yeah. And then when you see him do it and Johnny's face goes like, like it, it just was like, Oh my God, I don't know. And I should ask, uh, I should ask cats who produced that. Um, but whoever was in charge of, putting that whole fucking because that was a lot of work um yeah the editing was was spectacular and um even um that bachelorette party what a 
she doesn't have any friends. <laughs> right. Who's so, the most random assortment of NXT girls that you can put together? Like, oh, that's fucking great. Yeah. You know? So, so that, that stuff was great. I, I think I think that something that we're, we're I don't want to say overlooking, but that we haven't talked about yet is how obviously the wedding is next week and they've been building to something that we've not discussed on the show. How is Dexter Loomis going to say I do when he can't speak? <laughs> well, he smiles and I didn't know he could do that. <laughs> it doesn't mean anything. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> is, is he actually going to say his first two words on words. NXT programming as I do? And on top of that, are we going to get a silent Bob type character where for the most part he will never talk but when he does open up his mouth he has this ridiculously smart thing yes. that is this unbelievable monologue right and then he shuts up again <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's a great point will it be the idea will he just simply uh write it out you know yeah. um, I, ho- I hope the way- they don't go that route i mean honestly yeah. that's the easiest thing for them to do right and yeah. i and 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 what will we see too? Because there has also been the um, the hints of the notoriously bad uh, wrestling weddings. So, yeah. you know. Um, and uh, by the way, I have to say, this week was the first time I really stopped to appreciate the wedding invitation drawing, because boy, can Dexter Loomis fucking. Yeah. draw shit that that was i mean wow man he's an artist man yeah. legit good stuff yeah good stuff up and down good stuff good show well good stuff man that was uh nxt for that i'm gonna just quickly go over impact won't be long folks uh really it was a it was a good show this week they're they're building up for victory road their uh pay-per-view well i'm sorry their impact plus show that will be on this saturday 18th and uh, the show was pretty good. As, um, as Tasha Steeles and, and her 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 sidekicks uh, Savannah, they actually uh, stole the knockout tag team belts that belonged to Decay's Rosemary and Havoc, uh, which they're going to be setting up for their event for this Saturday. It's going to be real good. I, I like I like them holding the belts, but I don't think they're going to hold on to that uh, after this weekend, man. And, sh- and shout out to. Uh, to havoc man it's a they 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 she's done a good job just really teaming them and, and being a part of decay um david finley versus chris bay again uh got a chance to see that it's a match that you just got to see guys it's just these guys just they they just be on one and it's great to, uh to, to to see it um eventually chris was about to do the same thing he did before and how he wins and that was uh by cheating putting his legs up to the uh rope to get the three count but juice robinson of course popped up and saw he was going to do that went ahead and uh removed his feet to give david finley the correct win as it should be so chris bay took that loss but as he was um as he was just kind of hanging on the ropes and david finley and juice looking to maybe possibly attack him who comes out hikaleo the seven foot tall guy, and um, you know, yeah, they pretty much just whooped on both of them, David and Juice, and put them in a tag team match coming up for this Saturday victory roll. So you, another good match you're gonna get able to see. And uh, Bullet Club, man, I'm really liking. I mentioned it during our last um, event here that I'm really liking Chris Bay, and, I, and I'm trying to decide: do I buy the shirt now or just wait for when they come to Vegas? Because yes, they're gonna be in Vegas. 
uh, October 23rd, I believe, uh, for Bound of Glory. And um, yeah, I just, I, I just, you know, I don't know. I don't want to risk losing my size, so I probably should just hey, go ahead and get hey, it now. Hey, Bay, hey, Bay, DJ Impact wants one of your shirts, so if you can uh, make that happen, let's. <laughs> Like, yeah, you gotta I, wait for him hey, to come into town. What the hell, dude? <laughs> Bay, I'll venue, I'll Venmo you. Give me, give me the info. All right. So, uh, <laughs> uh, and pretty the last. Okay, so of course the the championship match for Victory Mode is going to be between Ace Austin and Kristen Cage. Uh, but before that, they do have one more match where now it's going to be a ten on ten match. So Ace Austin and Madman Fulton had to find three people who they can have on their team and Kristen Cage had to go and find four people who will want a team with him. So it was very easy for Ace Austin and Madman Fulton because they went to Brian Myers and they're like, sure, you know, I hate Kristen. <laughs> Brian Myers, everybody know Brian Myers, Matt Michaels, come on. Kurt oh, the, bologna, the bologna dude. Oh God. All right. And then you also had Moose and W. Morrissey on that team. So pretty stacked team when you think about it. But Christian Cage, he went and grabbed Josh Alexander, uh, Chris Saban, Eddie Edwards, and Sammy Callahan. Now, that's his team. But what's so funny about him picking all those is that Josh Alexander and Chris Saban has a match for the X Division title coming up also on Victory Road. So you have them two. And, of course, Eddie Edwards hates Sammy Callahan, you know. So <laughs> so Christian put a bunch of people on his team, which we all know what's going to happen in this particular match, just to make sure that Christian's going to hold on to that belt for when victory rolled. So overall, it was a good uh, good show. And um, still got one more week, though, before. Oh, no, actually, I'm sorry. It's this weekend. And um, and it should be good. Um, Swing. But DJ. Yeah, man. You missed the video. It was Christian reached out to Edge, but Edge then got put in an ambulance. So he can't do it. <laughs> it's crazy. It, yeah, yeah. That that was, I think they showed that after the show went off. So good, good call there, Matt. Uh, <laughs> uh, I w- I hope they do something. If you want to just entertain me, if you just want to get my uh my my laughter going, Swingers Palace has been something that they've been using now for I don't know six months, seven months, and I mean he's got his own shirt. Is you know it says Swinger Palace, and it's actually in the same font as Caesar's Palace. <laughs> um, and everyone know that it's 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 an illegal um. Uh, uh gambling location spot somehow you've got to put somehow swinger palace into when they come to vegas i don't know how throw, oh, yeah. throw that oh, illegal yeah. junction over there by the food stand at uh at sam's town or wherever it's gonna be do something but you gotta have it because i love swingers palace it's 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 funny that they run that whole thing and and um yeah we'll see where it goes they have to hmm. they have to play it up though they can't not so play that up yeah Mm-hmm. Impact. Yeah. What? What? What did you just say that you, 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 you loved? What was? What was the name of that thing again? The swing, Swingers Palace. Oh, so can can you just say that full sentence again? <laughs> that you love Swingers Palace. Listen, okay. We're talking about not the Swingers Palace that you're thinking of. All right. Hey, form your own opinions. <laughs> Just saying. 
man, you know what? I might have, you know, I'm about to ask swing. I'm gonna have to add that shirt also to the list. So see, I'm gonna have a shopping cart of uh, just wrestling tees I gotta get. So anyway, something to look forward to. Uh, Victory Road uh, this weekend. So ROH, man, good show, fantastic. Um, I got a chance to catch up and see what was going on. They had the world, the world tag team championship match. LFI versus Violence Unlimited. And um man, Dragon Lee, Kenny King, these guys are the real deal. And they are your world tag team ring of honor champions. Uh they took the belt. It was great to see them. It the, the match went about a good 20 minutes. Um yeah, I mean, you would never you would never think seeing Dragon that they would make a good team, but they make an excellent team and they was all over uh, violence unlimited so that was a good match pure rules match between will uh ferrera and josh woods uh will i guess is from the dojo side of things josh woods just just killed him but nevertheless <laughs> nevertheless it was really to set up everything with the um uh, with the pure championship match that's going to be going on uh i guess death before dishonor that's happening uh, this weekend, right? This weekend? I think so. Let me double check. Oh, I'm sorry yeah. I didn't know. I think it's really, I want to say it is this weekend. But Death Before Dishonor and um, Jonathan Grisham, who is your pure uh, champion now, will be going up against Josh Woods. And he's beat Josh Woods before, but Jonathan is 12-0 and in his matches. And he's pretty dominant. So we'll see where where it comes out of that. Uh, last, there was the Briscoes versus Ray Horace and Bandito. And, of course, Bandito is your Ring of Honor World Champion. So uh, this was the first time they actually had a match together. Uh, so I didn't know which way this was going to go, but I love watching the Briscoes, man. They are just – you can't find two more country guys than this. I mean, it's country, just straight country. <laughs> The stuff they say in the ring, the 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 the, the sound—they come out of their mouth. Everything they do in that ring is just—you're like, man, these guys—and and they've been doing this forever. Um, this match, a uh, lot of—it it, was—it was—it ended up being a beatdown. The Briscoes did win the match, which I thought was shocking because I thought being that Bandito was the ring uh, Ring of Honor World Champion, they probably would have. Gave him and uh, Ray Horace the um, the win over that, but they didn't. They gave it to the uh, uh, Briscoe. So, um, other than that, that was the only thing that they showed for that show. Now I'm trying to see if I can get the uh, the date here. Uh oh. Oh boy. Oh, oh boy. Man. Look at this. Oh. It was uh, <laughs> the Swingers Palace. Uh, yeah. Look at that. Run down. Oh, yeah, it was uh, in uh, Alabama. Yeah, Birmingham, Alabama. It was uh, built by strip club tycoon Billy Hall in 1972. Fell into disrepair after he was arrested for income tax invasion. (laughs) But that brings up a very interesting question because uh, strip club Barons, Swingers Palace, Swingers Palace, Bedding, Vegas, Baron, Happy Happy Corbin's <laughs> gonna show up and win 
all of Swinger's money. Oh, my God. The Forbidden Door is officially open, people. <laughs> Apparently, it is. only you could come up with all of that. That's hilarious. Um, so I'm just, I just checked here, and it says on Wikipedia that actually the uh, Death by Dishonor was was tonight. Ooh. So, yeah, we'll have to get, get more information on that. Um, uh, yeah, so that's what it says. So we'll see what happens and find out how all those matches went there. To get ready to end, man, let's talk a little bit about New Japan there. Sin City Steve. Uh, <clears throat> wow, it seems like there is about to be the uh, G1 Climax show that's about to go on. Um, tell us a little bit about it, what you're excited to see, and, um, you know, what we should expect. Yeah, man, so so uh, the competitors have been announced for this year's round of uh, the G1 Climax Tournament which um, if you're not familiar with it is a uh, a pretty hardcore um, round robin tournament um, and when I say hardcore I don't necessarily mean like pizza cutters and you know broken glass and that type of shit right what I actually mean is that you've got this tournament is actually gonna take place over 19 shows um, wow. which is which is pretty interesting to say the least um you've got some really solid names in here i mean obviously you know shingo takagi your iwgp world heavyweight champion mm -hmm. um your um your one half of your heavyweight tag team champions zach saber jr uh you've got the never open weight six-man tag champ tomohiro ishii um and then rounding out the rest of the a block you've got kota ibushi tetsuya naito uh toriyano yujiro takahashi kenta Tangaloa and the great Okan. Yes. Um, so interesting stuff out of, out of that field. We'll see who comes out of the a block. Mm -hmm. Um, and essentially the way that everything works is the person that finishes the highest in points from the a block mm -hmm. goes against the person that finishes with the highest score from the B block. And, uh, the winner of that match gets a, uh, gets a championship opportunity, if you will, um, at the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship. Okay. Um, so in the B block, you've got IWGP US Heavyweight Champion, Hiroshi Tanahashi. Uh, you've got the IWGP Heavyweight Tag Team Champion, um, Taichi. Now, I find it interesting that they put Zack Sabre Jr. in one block and Taichi in the other block. Right. So as they didn't have to wrestle each other. Smart booking. Um mm -hmm. And then you've got uh, Yoshihashi, Hiroki Goto, uh, Kazuchika Okada, Sonata, uh, Jeff Cobb, Evil, Tamatonga, and Chase Owens. Now, I, just looking at this, um, it really wouldn't surprise me mm -hmm. if traditionally the uh, the the G1 can be used to build. Um, stars. Okay, and I, I I think that this year could be could be another one of those years where they're going to build somebody. Okay, um, I I could actually see Jeff Cobb coming out of that B block and uh, at least getting to the finals. Now whether he wins uh, against the uh, the competitor from the A block, who knows? But uh, I I don't. I mean, it'd be nice uh, if they give him the. Out. It'd be nice to give him the rub, man, because I mean, he's been yeah. he's been putting in a lot of work for them, and um, he's, oh, he's he's been killing it. Yeah, he has been. 
So I'm hoping you're right on that, and and we'll see where that where that goes. At least get him to the top, like you say, even if he doesn't win. Yeah, just put him in that position. Absolutely, definitely. Cool, man. Well, we'll see what happens. Again, it is 19 uh, shows, so we're gonna have to try to keep up and uh, with all of that and see where all of that comes out. So, um, so good stuff on that. Uh, I guess there's really nothing too much uh, local based, and if so, a lot of times you hear that during um, during the Defalco files on Wednesday. But just to make sure, Matt, is there anything you want to cover local here, wrestling, Vegas? Uh- yeah, um, the one thing that, um, uh, well, uh, a couple things really quick. Um, mm-hmm. That uh, the pay per view did take place tonight, and uh, congratulations to friend of the show, Roxy, who won the ROH Women's ah. World Championship. Okay, yep. Um, and uh, awesome. yeah, so, and uh, yeah, there's a bunch of other stuff that uh, went down on the show tonight. Um, so definitely take a look, uh, you know, into seeing that, uh, it looks like some, some good stuff happening there. Yeah. Um, and then, um, yeah, uh, tomorrow, uh, or if you're listening to this on Monday today, uh, but, uh, the 13th, 14th and 15th, uh, the Colorado Alley Club is, uh, here in Vegas. Um, there is actually uh, wrestling going on right now uh, at the Gold Coast uh, for that. And tomorrow night, Monday night, um, I believe show starts at 7, I believe. It's either 6 or 7. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's going to include uh, Fresco Matic uh, taking on uh, Cody, Cutthroat Cody. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you can catch Fresco uh, this coming uh, Wednesday on the DeFalco Files. Okay. Uh, but if you come to uh, California Rally, uh, if you're in town, you come into the uh, CAC, uh, I will be there uh, selling a, uh, a wonderful little book, Lance by Chance, um, the story of uh, Lance Von Erich, uh, wrestling as a Von Erich. Okay. And, uh, yeah, uh, I guess coming down uh, 1995 for the book. And if you want a signed copy, uh, signed by Lance, that's uh, 24.95. So, uh, yeah, come on down and uh, drop by, say hi, hang out. And uh, it's always a, a fun time there. And, um, you know, the, the big recipients this uh, this year uh, will be, um, I know, Medusa uh, is getting an honor. Uh, so is Rey Mysterio. And uh, so is uh, Rob Van Dam. So, wow. Uh, I'm not sure if Mysterio is going to be there. I don't know who's all actually showing up and whatnot. Sure. Um, but go to the website for Cauliflower Alley and remember it is a charity. They help wrestlers out who, you know, um, are in circumstances where uh, they can't afford. Um, you know, medical procedures or, uh, you know, different uh, financial hardships that hit the guys uh, once, uh, you know, their their wrestling days are done. Uh, this is a, a very, um, you know, wise uh, use of the uh, experience for uh, getting uh, those guys some help. So, Absolutely. Thanks a lot, man. Hope you guys go check that out. That is going on right now and for the next couple of days. If you're in the Vegas area, check it out. Uh, Gold Coast, right? Yep. Yep, Gold Coast. Check it out, please. Um, Come through and, um, you know, see what they're doing over there and be a part of 
something that is that is great. So thank you in advance for everything you guys do with that. Guys, thank you for listening. I know we went a little bit over, but so much wrestling has been taking place, and we were out for uh, a week, but we are back. And um, we want you to definitely check out Three Count. If you are watching us live, you'll get the chance to hear this tonight. But if you're listening to the podcast, this is going to be Tuesday show. Three awesome topics. I know that's going to really get you wanting to add your your comments to. So uh, please uh, download that. And we thank you for hanging out with us. We will see you next time. Hang in there. Peace. Biggest bad boys of podcasting.